Hi, this is Blake Andrews, lead pastor at Victory World Outreach, Denton, Texas. This is our podcast, and we're so glad that you came to check it out today. I hope this message encourages you and inspires you to do great things for God. No problems. I was telling somebody as they were leaving the first service, I said, we, we, want, we want people to have problems. Send them to us. Some churches send them away. That's why we're here is for people with problems. If you got a problem today, you're in the right place. If you need a miracle, you're in the right place. If you need a breakthrough, you're in the right place. Amen? Because we have a God that can fix all those problems. Amen. Well, if you're watching online, welcome. If you're here for the first time, again, welcome. Second, I see some second and third time faces. You're hooked. You're in. Amen. You're stuck with us. We're glad you're here. Amen. This week, uh, past Valentine's Day, my wife and I celebrated 30 years of marriage. And uh, brag on God for that. Amen. Some people call it a sentence. I've just served 30 years sentence. Amen. <clears throat> but if you have a good marriage, you don't look at marriage like that. Some people feel like they're in a, <clears throat> in a life sentence. But if you've got a good marriage, it's not that way. Can I get an amen? So I kind of want to preach a message this morning that's been in my Rolodex for a while. Everybody know what a Rolodex is? How many remember a Rolodex? I kind of can't even believe I said Rolodex because I don't know if I've ever even used one, but I know what they are. I got a Rolodex of messages that I've preached in the past. I, I don't very often preach messages again that I've preached in the past, but there's certain ones that you remember or that people bring up to you and tell you about it. And my dad, Pastor Andrews, who's watching right now, always tells me about this particular one. And I'm not going to put the title up yet, but some things happened this week to kind of lead me into it. And I was trying to go back to find the podcast. I couldn't find it. I was going to try to cheat, find some old notes, re redo it. But God didn't let me find it, so it's all fresh, fresh bread. But the title will be similar. So this week we went away to, uh, to Arkansas, Arkansas. If anybody knows why they say Arkansas, I just talked to me after church. I want to know the history of that, amen? But we drove over to Arkansas for a couple days to get away and um, hang out together as a, as a couple and walk around and, and uh, just celebrate. And so we got back a little early because Carla wasn't feeling well. And when we got back, we um, came home to a, a pool of water in our backyard. Only problem is I don't have a pool. Anybody ever had that kind of problem? The whole entire yard was filled with water, and so I immediately thought of my dog. I have two German shepherds. One is an older German shepherd, and the female is a, more of a puppy. And so I began to the search of trying to figure out where the water was coming from. And we have a little kind of house. It's not a house because I don't have anything in it, but it's, a, 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 it's not a shed. It's nicer than a shed, but something in between a shed and a house with nothing in it behind our house on our property. And I don't know how else to call it. And so that's where the water was. I found the gushing water underneath. That's where it was coming from. So Thursday, I spent the entire day uh, on my knees, on the ground, in mud and dirt, trying to figure out where the leak was coming from so I could fix it, turn the water off, um, began to search, started where the only water source I knew out there, which was a faucet. Dug a little bit. Some of y'all know what this, what's it, this is like. Dig a little bit. Get down there. Try to find the pipe. Dig a little more. Try to see where it's going. Find the direction. Dig some more. Dig down. Try to get to a place where it's going to meet some other piping so you can figure out where the water's coming from, all that, right? This is an all-day affair. And uh, every time I dug a hole, I looked at my dog. And I said, one of these holes is for you. Every single time I dug a hole. And she turned her head away. 
<clears throat> she knows I'm mad at her. But uh, I really did think about putting that dog in the hole, by the way. <laughs> so I kept looking and looking and looking. And, and to make it worse, it's an old house. It's a 100-year-old house. And so I don't know how they did things. Well, actually, I do know how they did things back then. Not to code. The pipe that I'm looking for with water, once I found the intersection where I could cut it off and to cap it, was covered by another pipe. So it was underneath a two-inch pipe, so I couldn't get to it. And it had an electrical wire running along with it as well. How I many know electricity and water is not the greatest combination? So along with trying to find the water problem, I'm having to be very careful with my shovel and very careful with the little hand shovel so I don't hit the wire of the cable so I don't die and get electrocuted. Finally found it, capped it off. It's about 5.30 in the afternoon. It's been all day, covered in mud. And I get over to my wife and I said, I'm all, you know, as a man, I'm all excited. I'm like, I'm going to turn this water back on. We're gonna, I'm going to go in and take a shower. It's going to be awesome. Turn it on. Go back to the back of the house. Guess what? Water's still gushing. There's nothing worse than spending all day on something and not getting an answer. So it's 5.30. My wife's instincts kicked in. And she goes, why don't you just go inside the house and go through the floor? And I said, why didn't you tell me that 10 hours ago? <laughs> like, and so I'm not mad. I'm thankful for the idea. It never crossed my mind the whole day, digging outside on the ground, to go inside the house, the shed, whatever, and pull up the wood and fix the hole. Never crossed my mind. That's why the men have the bronze and the women have the brains. Amen? So in 30 minutes, after 10 hours on, on the ground, I pulled the wood up, I found it, I capped it off, and it worked. Amen? And it got fixed. So the whole time that I'm doing this on the ground, I'm in the mud, I'm humbling myself, I'm reminding myself, this, although this is a real pain, this is a first world problem. So my title this morning is, Give Thanks, It's Just a First World Problem. And by the time you leave this morning, I promise you, no matter what circumstance you're facing, you're going to feel better about yourself when this message is over. That's my goal. Uh, a problem like Dylan and Brittany had is a real problem. A problem like having a broken pipe is a first world problem. Y'all following me? My thought was, as I'm on the ground and I'm muddy and I'm hot, and I'm, even though it wasn't that hot, thank God, it was you know, 70, which is hot for me. And I'm sweating and I'm digging and I'm staring at my dog and contemplating murder all day. I'm, as I'm doing this, I'm thinking, you know what? This is just a first world problem. I'm going to get this water fixed, and then I'm going to have water again. But how many people in the world today don't have water at all? So I reminded myself of this message I had preached many years ago. And I want you to think about that as I go through this, because I would say that probably 90% of our problems are first world problems. Okay, And I'm going to explain that in a little bit more, but... Um, to, so you understand, we, we, most people know what first world is, per, people have heard of third world. It's a third world country, a third world problem, uh, and some people don't know what the second world is. Second world, according to the world, is basically those countries that are communist and are kind of ran by, uh, by the, no government or no um, um, uh, voting, no options like that. So they consider those, those, they could be third world or first world, but they're considered second by their governing. But first world is where you, we're going to get into in a second, and third world is things you don't have. And so a lot of the problems that we face in our lives are, are not as big as we think that they are. 
And I want to show you a verse that's very powerful this morning, and it's about perspective. How many know our perspective is very important? How we look at a problem and a situation is everything. So 1 Thessalonians 5, how many would, how would like to be in God's perfect will? I'm going to give you a way to be in God's perfect will. This is going to sound crazy. God's perfect will, according to 1 Thessalonians 5, 16, and 17 and 18, is that we would be thankful. It says, rejoice always. When the pipe's broken, rejoice. When there's no gas, rejoice. When the car's broke, rejoice. When there's no money in the account, rejoice. When you're sick, rejoice. That's what God's telling us to do. Rejoice always. Pray without ceasing, and here's the key. Get in everything. Somebody say everything. What's the definition of everything? Everything. All things, okay? In everything, give thanks. Okay? So it says give thanks. And then it says, watch this, for this is the will of God in Christ Jesus for you. What's the will of God? Being thankful. So when you are being thankful and you are grateful and you have an attitude of gratitude, you are in God's will. When you are pouting and when you are complaining and when you are murmuring and looking at your situation the wrong way and you're ungrateful, you're not in God's will. It's that simple. Okay? So the, the power about today is looking at my problems and realizing that they're just first world problems. They're problems that can be fixed and that a great population of the world, around the world, would love to have my problems. Would love to have what we consider problems. As I'm digging, as I'm doing, I'm thinking, I have a house that has this problem. I'm, I'm, I'm not, I'm not, I don't have to go walk to get my water. I, I, I have the, the money to go buy the $25 I needed to fix it. Amen. I have a dog that I could kill if I wanted to. Amen. I have all these. I have a shovel I could kill it with. Amen. Listen, I love my dogs, okay? But you, if you're in my situation, you would have considered it too. Don't try to be spiritual on me. The dog's sitting there, laying there, just all chilling while I'm working for 10 hours trying to pull up a, a pipe that, he, that she broke. Amen. Let's just keep it real. So I'm thankful for all those things. And all these problems I have are things that I have that so many people do not have. Amen? So I want you to think with me for a few, for a few minutes this morning of, about this. Now, 1 Timothy 6 is going to be the gist of the message right here. Verse 6. Godliness, how many want to be godly? With contentment is great gain. I'm going to give you a spoiler alert of what this whole message is about. You need to learn how to be content with God not with your circumstances. That is the ultimate will of God, that we would be, that if you strip everything away from us, we still have God. That when you have Jesus, Jesus is all you need. And that's what, that's what God wants us to get to that place. He wants us to get to a place of contentment. Now, godliness, he says, what godliness is, is with contentment is great gains. Meaning, I am content whether I have much or little. I'm content whether I feel good or I feel bad. I am content if I have money or I don't have money. I'm content because of who God is. Godliness with contentment is great gain. And I would say many people don't understand that or don't get to that place. Because they're so focused on their problems that they never realize what they really have in God. I wish today, and I say this all the time and I mean it because I have been to other countries. I have been to third world countries and I have been to what I consider fifth world countries. That's not a definition, but it's mine. Fifth world countries where it's beyond what you can even imagine. You can't even fathom the poverty. You can't fathom what they go through. And so I wish that so many, and I'm not picking on the young people, young people here especially, 
who not on purpose, but it's the truth, have a spirit of entitlement. <clears throat> this generation, <clears throat> I'm good, don't bring me water, please, because I won't drink it anyways. Because <laughs> I, I hate drinking water in front of people. If I, I'd rather choke. <laughs> Amen. The entitlement is not on purpose, but it's the truth. How many know there's a lot of entitled, especially young people? They don't even want to work. They don't even want to have a job. They hate their job. They, they don't want to work. They, don't they don't, really don't understand what sacrifice is, what struggle is. I know, I know that's beating a dead horse. I know some of you are like, I've been telling you, kid, and you're going to go home and tell your kids, and you're thankful I mentioned it. But it's just true. Like even me and David last night, we were hanging out a little bit, Tyroo, and we were watching some basketball together for NBA All-Star Weekend, and we were talking about these kids that they've coached, him and Pastor Brian. Some of the kids that they've coached are in the NBA now. And they know them in high school, and they're entitled, and they're spoiled, and they don't, they don't, even, want, they don't even want to play basketball. You know, these gifts that they have and these things that they have and shoes are thrown at them and clothes are thrown at them and money's thrown at them and they're, they're just entitled. I wish I could take those people to another country and let them live one day. Just one day. So they could come back to this country and stop complaining that their cell phone service is so slow. That they only have 25 pairs of shoes to choose from. That they don't like the water, bottled water that they're drinking that their hamburger was overcooked. Amen, y'all with me? You're following where I'm trying to go with this? We need, it would be so powerful. It's kind of like the same idea of that if we could see what hell looked like for five seconds, we'd live different. It's the same thing with this attitude of gratitude. If we could see what other people live with and, and go through every day that we take for granted, we need that. And that's why a message like this is so good. It's really a message we could preach every month. But godliness with contentment is great gain because it says we brought nothing into this world and we can take nothing out. It's like the, it's like the, hearse, the picture of the hearse with the U-Haul behind it. Some people live their lives like they're going like to have the U-Haul behind this, the hearse. I mean, no, you can't take anything with you. How many know that all of us in here today, let's just be honest, have a lot of junk? Does anybody in here have a lot of junk? Some of you are like, it ain't junk. Yes, it is. It's junk. Now, I do believe and agree that some people's junk is another man's treasure. That's a fact. But you need to let somebody else have your treasure. Somebody's waiting for it. Let it go. Let them have it. Amen? We're in a country. I'm, this is a personal pet pee for me, so I can say I've never done this on purpose. I'm not one of those because I have. it's a personal pet pee. But so many Americans have all their junk in their garage and their very expensive cars in the driveway. It's America. It's, it's, I don't think anybody else does it in the world. I've been to other countries. They don't put their junk in their garage. And, and in Costa Rica, you can't leave your car outside. It'll be gone the next day, right? But how many are following me, right? We have this garage full of junk. And I would tell you if you haven't, and I'm not counting Christmas stuff or Thanksgiving stuff, if you haven't used it in six months, get rid of it, right? How many know we could all get rid of some stuff? We've all got some excess, okay? So the, the idea here is we hold on to stuff too much. And, and you can't take it with you. And some of you are thinking, I'm going to leave this for my kids and grandkids. Let me give you a spoiler. They probably don't want it. It's probably going to end up in goodwill. Okay, although there are some things that we do want. Okay, I understand that. But it says we brought nothing in, we'll take nothing out. Now watch this next verse. And having, this is key. I want to leave this up for a second. Having food and clothing, with these we shall be content. Stay with me on this. This right here, food and clothing, is what separates 
the poverty or the, the first world from the third world. Today, no matter how bad your situation is, now how, how bad or poor, how poor you think you are, you are not poor. The poorest people in America are richer than the whole world. Okay? If you don't know that, I'm going to explain it to you this morning. God is saying, I would like you to be, and if you remember the Lord's Prayer, our Father which art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day, this day, our daily bread. Back in the day when the Bible was written, it was a daily thing. We didn't have fast food. We didn't have microwaves. They didn't have all those things. They woke up every day and said, Lord, please prepare for me today what I need to make it till tomorrow. And that's how now a lot of the world lives. We don't live that way. You think you're poor. You think you're broke. You think you got struggles. You know where your next meal's coming from. You know where your meal's coming from tomorrow. I promise you nobody in this place woke up this morning and didn't have more than one thing to wear. Amen? More than one pair of shoes to wear. The idea I'm trying to get you to understand is that God says if you could just be content with the simple things, everything else would be a bonus. Right? And, and what he really wants us to understand is the greatest bonus is a relationship with him. And then even food and clothing is a blessing. Okay? So it says, and having food and clothing with these things, we shall be content. Now I want to put that back down and put the background up for a second. And, and I, want, I want to talk a little for just a few moments about a few things that make our country a first world country and others a third world country. And why I'm telling you that I hope all week, I hope going forward for the rest of your life, many times a week you say, this is a first world problem. Like I did. Whatever it is. And I, I probably, I, was, I would even venture to say this morning, how many could, now that just listening to me a little bit, could say, I've already had a first world problem today. Let me see your hand. Just today. See? Look at that. Just today. You're thinking back at something that you thought was so horrible and so bad, it, like the coffee was made too slow, the cream wasn't enough, right? You didn't get enough sleep, right? Whatever it is, just on and on, you've already had some first world problems. You're going to have first world problems tomorrow. You're going to have first world problems on Tuesday. But at the end of the day, they're first world problems. The problems you think are a problem, half the world would love to have. Here's an example. Poverty is what separates a first world and the third world country. In, in, in the countries that are poor, you're not going to believe this, live, that means living in other countries that are, poor, that are first world, third world, they're living on $2.50 a day. $2.50 a day. Some of you paid three times that for coffee this morning and didn't like it. It wasn't hot enough. It wasn't strong enough. Hello? I'm guilty too. Why we go back into these places over and over again, we don't know, but we do it. People make $2.50 a day in a large portion of the world. Not a small portion, a large portion. And that's the poverty level. And then others would make even less. There's an, a great average of people that make $1.25 a day. So about $40 a month. And they're living on that. If you made $10 an hour and you worked for three hours yesterday, you made more than most of the world. And I say most, church, it makes an entire month. You're starting to feel a little more blessed? It's a fact. It's a fact. This is not, this is, these are real stats. Now, I'm not going to ask this morning because I would get myself in trouble. But how many know we have a lot of shoes, for example? Okay. 
The average American, average, and I know some people that make the average very small, have 10 to 12 pairs of shoes. The average, okay? Some of you are like, that's on my first shelf. (laughs) Right? Let's be honest. 10 to 12 pairs of shoes, and there's over 300 million people in the world that do not have a pair of shoes and have never known what shoes are. And I actually think that I would argue with that number. That seems very low to me. It's probably way higher. So shoes. How about drinking water? How many drank some water today? Hopefully you've drank in water since you woke up. It's very healthy to drink water. But we even take that for granted, that we can just grab water and drink it. Now, how many in here do I have that like bottled water? I drink bottled water everywhere I go, and especially in other countries. When I go to Africa, or especially Africa, I drink bottled water and I drink Coke to make sure it kills everything that I'm going to eat so I don't get sick. Coke and bottled water. But we have these first world problems. This, this, year, this week I had a, another first world problem. I had to go get my bottles, my five-gallon bottles, for my Primo machine that has my hot and cold water. Because how many in here don't like tap water? I cannot drink. T- I would get sick if I drank t- tap water. I'm just being honest with you. Not that I would actually get sick. Don't, ra- don't shake your head at me. Not that I would actually get sick, but I probably would get throw. I would throw up, feel like throwing up. The smell makes me sick. I need bottled water. And some, I know what some of y'all are saying, too. That's probably not even purified water. But you know what? It works in my head, okay? If it's not really purified, it works. Y'all with me? Am I being real with anybody? So I put my five-gallon buckets in my truck so I could go get some water. And I had first-world problems. I went into Walmart, all the way to the back of Walmart, and I hit the button, and no water came out. I went all the way into Walmart with my, with my bottles, and no water came out. I was mad. First world problem. So then I go, okay, I got another option. So I go to the front. I'm going to grab one. Now I got to pay a little bit more, and I'm going to spend the money to change my empty bottle in for a new one with water. Guess what? There's no water. (laughs) Horrible day. I'm having a horrible day. I leave there, and I go to Albertsons down the road on University to the Albertsons. They got the machine there. I go out of order. I came home with no water. Can you believe that? I went out, and I spent two hours, and I came home with no water. First world problem, because tomorrow I'll find water somewhere. Y'all with me? These are the kind of things we think are so horrible, and they're just first world problems. And, and a lot of times we think, I talked about this in the first service, I couldn't remember if it was Kristen or Destiny. When you're younger, you think it's easier than it is. When, we, when my girls would want some ice cream, for example, in Costa Rica, you know, we have a very tight budget as missionaries. I said, honey, we don't, I don't remember which daughter it was. I said, honey, we don't have any money to go get ice cream. She goes, well, just go over to that box. You know what the box is, right? The ATM. I said, honey, there's no money in that ATM. And she goes, well, just go to another one. Right? Isn't that how people, how, isn't that how kids think? They think we just go to the box, we just put the card in, we just pull the money out, right? But, but some people have never even seen the box, some people never even handle money. So, I mean, you're talking about, I know it's hard to believe, but these are problems that we have that we think are so horrible, and, and we're so blessed, amen? More than, listen to this, more than one billion people, that's one out of eight people in here today, do not have adequate access to water, period. Not drinking water, water. I can imagine waking up this morning on a Sunday morning to come to church and you having to figure out where you're going to get water. To drink, to brush your teeth, to wash your hands. 
That's why when I'm dealing with this water and I'm dealing with this muddy water and I'm dealing with this, this leak, I know that I'm going to get it fixed and the water from the city is going to come back into my house again and I'm going to have water again. And I had to deal with that one day. Some people wake up every single morning and they're, they're concerned about how they're going to get water to their kids, how they're going to clean them, how they're going to wash their hands. How many people in here, since I'm just doing census today, don't like having your hands dirty like me? I cannot stand having my hands dirty. If you see me always using hand sanitizer, it's not something I'm germaphobic. I just don't like dirty hands. I don't like mud. I don't like food. Like if you've ever seen me eat, I use a lot of napkins. Does anybody else use a lot of napkins? I can't stand having things. Some of you are like, I've never, what's a napkin? <laughs> Sometimes I pass out napkins to people and they don't even, I've passed out, they don't even touch it. I don't know how. But I got to have my hands clean for just, just for that two days where I couldn't have running water. I was going crazy. But it was a first world problem. People in countries like that, you see they're carrying their masks, they're carrying things. There's trash everywhere. I wanted to, I wanted to find a picture for you to get to understand how blessed you are. To give thanks for what you have instead of focusing on what you don't have. How many now, here's another question. I know here's another census question. How many today would choose... You have an option if you could have for two days, like we went, no electricity or no water. If you would prefer to have no electricity over no water, raise your hand. You'd rather have water than electricity. Okay, that's, that's me too. Like I, if I had to choose, no, no lights, no AC, no heat, I need water. I didn't have the choice, by the way, but if I could have chose, me and Carla would have chose the water. I'd rather have the water than the electricity. Lots of people in the world don't even have a choice of electricity. This is going to blow you away. One-fourth of the world, over two billion people, don't have any electricity at all. It goes dark at night, and they don't have a light switch to turn on. They have no power. One-fourth of the world has never even known what power is. Now, there is a blessing to, to out of sight, out of mind. Some of these people don't know what they're missing. Okay, That's how we're spoiled we are. But the truth is, they don't know what electricity is. They don't know what running water is. And this is, I mean, I've been to places, even in Costa Rica, even in Mexico, like this, where there's dirt, dirt poor means there's no floor. You ever heard the saying, dirt poor? It means you go into a house that's called a rancho, and it's just four walls of latas, which is metal, and there's no floor. There's no tile, there's no wood, it's dirt. That's dirt poor. Okay? But those people that invite you into their house are still going to send their kid off to the pulperia, to the little store on the corner, and they're going to buy a two-liter thing of Coke, and they're going to bring some crackers back to you. Although they don't know what they're going to eat for their next meal, they're going to make sure that the, the white missionary gets Coke and crackers. Right, Pastor? They're going to make sure. They spend their money because you're in their house, and you walked into their dirt-poor house and sat down on their broken piece of wood for a couch, and they're going to go send money. Did you see the kid run out? And you better drink it. One time I got milk. Not Coke. I like milk. When it's cold. Out of the fridge. In a clean glass. Yeah, one time they decided to do milk. And I'm looking over in the area where the milk came from. Flies everywhere. So they poured the milk and it, wasn't, it didn't flow. A little chunky. So I started to do the math. What is going to offend them worse? 
Not drinking the milk or throwing up right in their living room. Right? You, you run into these missionary choices sometimes. What's worse? So I had a phone call happen. And God, hello? You ever, anybody ever had a phone call happen that wasn't a real phone call? Excuse me for a second. Step outside. Make sure you grab the glass of milk. Put a little on your lip. Come back in. And then give the glass back. The milk's drunk. No vomit on the floor. Culture's still good. Amen? Amen. No health care. You know, I, for many years, Carla and I didn't have health care. Just in the last couple of years, we got health insurance. Never knew what it was to have it. But this, I'm not talking about not having the option or the, to be able to afford it. I'm talking about not having health care, period. Like no health care system. I mean, just think about all these things that, that we, oh, I can't afford it, or it's so expensive. Some of you are paying for health insurance right now, and it's expensive, and you're complaining, and that's okay because it's human, but lots of people would love to have health care to complain about, right? So why am I saying all this? Because it's really important, because our godliness doesn't come from what we have. Our contentment shouldn't come from what we have. It should come from God and a relationship with him alone. Now, I'm going to close in just a moment, but I want to just give you another example. I just found this this week, and I thought it was a great example. Because we in America have problems. Amen? Would you all agree with me? We have issues. I'm going to show aerial video here of a new In-N-Out burger opening in Idaho. Brand new 400 store for In-N-Out burger. Good for them. Don't blame In-N-Out burger. Good for them that they would be so popular. That's the parking lot of the new In-N-Out Burger in Idaho, where people waited for eight hours to get a hamburger. I just chose this as the no sound, but you can see the lines in the street, in the parking lot, the people on the sidewalk over there. Eight hours for a hamburger. Now, some of you are already thinking, water burger's better. I know what you're thinking already. I'm with you. Why would you go do that? Okay? But the point is, I think to myself on this Sunday morning, kind of like the example I gave a few months ago where the Buffalo Bills were playing on a Sunday and they were going to sit outside in that freezing cold, how many of us would go outside and have church today in that day? Today's really cold too. How many of these people go to church and complain about the service being too long? Right? That's the kind of stuff that's got to hit home. That you would wait eight hours for a hamburger that's going to be out of your body in eight hours. And has no value for your life. But they would t- stop it and get off work. Take, you know, and then I found out later that Colorado beat that. Colorado had an opening of an in and out and 13 hours waited. So how many are following me? I'm not, con- I'm not condemning us. I'm just getting us to understand we got to stop complaining. And we got to stop being so weird. Amen. I I would I would wait I would I would wait an hour for lobster and steak. That's it. Not 8 hours for a hamburger. Amen. But why do I sell that? Go back to 1 Timothy chapter 6 verse 6. Godliness with contentment is great gain. 
You can have things. I want you to understand this morning. This isn't a financial message. This isn't a poverty message. This isn't a prosperity message. This is this. This is this. You can have things, and y'all finish it for me, if the things don't have you. If I went to your closet this morning and you had 10 pairs of shoes or 15 pairs of shoes and I started to grab some of your shoes and put them in a bag and say, I'm taking this to Goodwill and you had a fit, those shoes have you. Right? Does that make sense? Whatever it is, your car, your house, all these things, there's nothing wrong with that. God never says we can't have things. But if our contentment is in those things and we lose those things and then we're not content with God anymore, those things have us. And so that's what he wants us to understand. Our problems are very temporary. Our problems, you know, like I said earlier, the problem that Dylan and Brittany went through and, and many problems that you're going through today are real problems. We need to start comparing those to the things that we think are such a big deal, and they're really not. So I want to finish again now. Godliness, verse 6, with contentment is great gain. We brought nothing into this world. It is certain we can carry nothing out. Having food and clothing, with these we shall be content. But those who desire to be rich fall into temptation and a snare. Again, we need rich people. The kingdom of God needs rich people. But it needs rich people that will give to the kingdom of God. We need senders. This isn't a take a poverty thing. This is not what the message is about. It's about the things that we complain about. Because it says for the, for, for it's a snare. And, and, and listen, a snare can be your shoes. A snare can be your job. A snare can be your marriage. A snare can be anything that comes before God. What is the greatest commandment? Does anybody remember the greatest commandment? My wife and I on our trip, we did some Bible quizzes. And, and one of the verses that came up, what's the greatest commandment? To love the Lord your God with all your mind, all your soul, all your strength. Right? That's the greatest commandment. So when we love God with all our heart, all our mind, all our soul, and our strength, the rest is bonus. But if I love anything more than I love God, then it's idol worship. That's what we have to constantly be working on. God wants to constantly remind us. Yes, that may seem like a problem, but it's a first world problem. Give thanks for that problem. Amen? Whatever you get to do, you have choices. So then it says, for the love of money is, is a root of all kinds of evil, for which some have strayed away from the faith in their greediness and pierced them through with many sorrows. I think the people that waited in line for eight hours at In-N-Out Burger pierced themselves with many sorrows. Amen? They didn't waste a lot of money because it's not very expensive, but they definitely wasted their time. How many of those people, as they're eating the hamburger, thought, man, this was not worth eight hours? I'm, I'm wondering. I wish they would have done a poll. How many of those people walked away and go, I'd do that again tomorrow? How many do you think? Probably not very many. I don't care how good that hamburger is. Right? But that's the kind of, that's how we show how ludicrous we are sometimes, that we would do those kinds of things and not have the right attitude about God. God just wants to be first. Tell someone next to you, God just wants to be first. So as we begin to close, verse 11, But you, O man of God, you, O woman of God, flee these things and pursue righteousness, godliness. What's godliness? Contentment. Faith, love, patience, gentleness. Fight the good fight of faith. Let's focus on things that matter. Lay hold of eternal life. 
to which you were also called and have confessed the good confession in the presence of many witnesses. The, the point of this message is there's a lot more important stuff than what we make important, right? You get a bad meal, thank the Lord you had a chance to have a bad meal. Thank the Lord that your, to- your clothes tore, that you can go buy another shirt. Thank the Lord your shoes broke, you can go buy some more shoes. I mean, just, just be thankful. Have that attitude. But what I really need today is not more stuff. I need God. I need God in my life. He's my joy. He's my peace. He's my f- everything. Is God your everything today? As I begin to close, ask yourself that. Is he your everything? If he is your everything and you have lots of stuff, praise the Lord. But if you have lots of stuff and he's not your everything, you're going to be miserable. Because those things are going to fade away. Those things are going to disappear. Those things are what the Bible calls rust and moth. And they're going to they're gonna fade away and they're going to be destroyed and they're going to rust. But God is going to be forever. Now, finish with me in Psalm 73. Watch this. This this is where where this whole message God wants to take us to. Where we say, who do I have in heaven but you, God? You hear me uh, quote Corey Timboom a lot. She was a, a person who went to the concentration camps and survived. She says, you don't know how important Jesus is until Jesus is all you have. How many would like to learn the lesson without losing everything? I like to read Job and get an attitude of judgment, adjustment without having to go through what Job went through. I'm just smart like that. I don't consider myself smart, but when it comes to those, I do. I'm going to read Job. I'm going to have a, I'm gonna, I'm, Lord, okay, I'm, I'm going to change my attitude. Thank, I'm sorry for being un, unhappy. Sorry for complaining. That's a first world problem. Sorry, Lord. I don't want to lose everything. Ask yourself today, if you lost everything, God forbid, you lost your house, you lost your family, you lost your health, would you still love Jesus? That's the question. Only we can answer. I hope everybody in this room can say, yes, I would still love Jesus, and it'd be true, in the sincerity of your heart. That's what God wants us to get to. He says, there is none upon the earth that I desire besides you. That song says, there is none like you. No one else can can touch my heart like you do. That song, I need you, Lord, I need you. Oh, every day, I need you. Do you need Jesus today like your next breath? Or do you just need him when you need help? God doesn't want that. He wants relationship. Next verse says, my flesh and my heart fail, but God is the strength of my heart and my portion forever. Strip everything away in your life. Would you still be happy with Jesus? If you can answer that question today with sincerity of heart, not just because it sounds good, but honestly in your heart of hearts, say, yes, that's all I need. You are in a good place. You're the richest person in the world because everything we have is going to fade away. Everything we have is going to be gone. You ever heard of a man named Elvis? Still today, the all-time number one record seller in history had everything money could possibly want. Had every bit of fame any person could ever want. I don't know if there's ever been a more famous person on the earth than Elvis. And he dies alone 
in a bathroom at 42 years old, heartbroken, when he could have had God. He, had, he knew God. He knew Jesus. He was exposed to the Lord. But those things got him. They took him away, and he dies sad. I hope to God that the man cried out to God as he was dying. But how many people like that are there around the world that have all the money in the world, all the fame in the world, all the things in the world, and they're going to die, church, and go into a sinner's hell. But we, say we with me, may not have everything the world has, but we're going to die, and we're going to go into a Savior's heaven. Amen? How many know that that's still what we're looking for? To hear those words, enter in good and faithful servant. As we close, I want to read one more verse. Indeed, verse 18, Philippians 4. I have all and abound. Now, the person writing this was named Paul. How many know Paul had nothing? He was beaten by rods. He was... He was Tried to kill several times. He'd been in prison. He'd been. He'd lost everything. But yet he says, "I have all, and I and I abound, and I'm full, having the things that you sent for me, a sweet smelling aroma." Listen close as I close. How many would like to have your life be a sweet smelling aroma to God? I, I I think God wants you to graduate this morning, from woe is me, and I'm so this, and I need that. Da, 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 to, Lord, how can I glorify you? How can I honor you with my life? How can I lift up your name? How can I make sure that when your name is heard, it's glorified? What if, what if that would be our goal today? To not focus so much on the things, but focus on the one who gives the things. Because my God will supply all your needs according to his riches in glory. That psalm says, many of you know this verse, listen closely. He says, I've, David said, I've never seen the righteous forsaken or his seed begging for bread. When you put God first, God puts you first. And sometimes he lets us go through first world problems so we can realize how blessed we are. So we can stop complaining. I hope and pray when you walk out of this place, you're going to feel like a millionaire when you start to think about the people around the world who don't have anything close to what we have. Lord, as we pray this morning, I pray that you're touching hearts. This is a great message, Lord, where we don't, it's not an amen message because it's a thinking message. All of us, there's nobody in this place that doesn't have to do inventory today on how I look at problems in my life. But if I'll start to look at them as first world problems, it'll change my perspective. That I can look at situations where, you know what, my, my car's broke down, but I have a car that breaks down. I, I'm sick, but I'm going to get better. My marriage is having a struggle, but I can, I can get a better marriage. God can help me fix it. My, I lost my job, but there's another job. Lord, whatever it is today, Lord, that we're battling, you can make it right. Even with this testimony today, even when it seems like there's no hope, all hope is lost. You are in the hope business, God. You are able to do exceedingly abundantly above that we can ever ask or think today. As your heads are bowed and eyes are closed all across this place, do you have the greatest asset in the world? Do you have the greatest commodity in the world, which is salvation?
Do you know Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior? Today I can say without any doubt or reserve, I am the richest man in the world because I'm saved. Because my name is in the Lamb's book of life. Jesus told his disciples when they came back from casting out demons and laying their hands on the sick and seeing all kinds of miracles, they came back rejoicing. Jesus, in your name, demons flee. Jesus, in your name, people are healed. And Jesus said, that's all good. He said, but don't rejoice that demons flee in in your name. Don't rejoice that people get healed in my name. He said, rejoice that your name is written in the Lamb's book of life. That's what matters today. Are you saved? You can be today. Do you know Jesus? Have you, have you believed on the one who came to give life and life more abundantly, who came out of heaven and left all of the riches of heaven to die a horrible sinner's death, to take your place on that cross? Today, have you accepted and believed in him so you can have eternal life? Today, if that's you and you've never done that, how many would say, Pastor, would... Would you pray with me today? Because today I want to change my life. Just lift up your hand and put it right back down. All over this place, how many would say, I need that today? If I walked out of this place and, and died, passed away, passed into eternity, I don't know where I'd spend eternity. Just say, pray for me today. I don't want anyone to leave this place without knowing. He loves you so much. He has a plan and a purpose for your life. I'm not asking you to change churches. I'm not asking you to be a member here. I'm asking you, do you know Jesus? Amen. I see your hand. How many more? I'm going to wait just a few moments. This is why the lights are on this morning. You say, well, I'm a pretty good person. I, don't, I, you know, I, I help people. I like, I like to help people. I, I give. I'm not a bad person. That's, that's not how you get saved. The Bible says our, our goodness is like filthy rags. Or you might be here and say, you don't know my past. You don't know the things I've done. I'm, I can't be forgiven. That's a lie, too. There's nothing you've done that Jesus won't forgive. There's nothing you've done. I see your hand. God bless you. That, that, that Jesus won't heal. He came, the Bible says, to seek and save that which is lost. He didn't come for people that got it all together. That's why we love doing God's business here. And we say, if you're messed up, you're in the right place. If you're a failure, you're in the right place. If you've made a lot of mistakes, you're in the right place. Because there's a God here that will forgive you and heal you and set you free and give you a new life and give you a hope and a reason to wake up every morning, which is to go to tell other people, look what Jesus did for me. He can do it for you. If Jesus can change me, he can change you. How many more? I'm going to wait five more seconds. Just You don't know Jesus today. You want to know for sure that you'll go to heaven. It's simple. The gospel's simple. The gospel is like the In-N-Out Burger menu. It's simple. You don't have to have a lot. Of, it's not a lot of options. You say, Jesus, I choose you today. You chose me. I choose you. And he says, if you'll, if you'll confess him before man, he'll confess you before his Father that's in heaven. Let's stand this morning, if you would, all across this place. Several hands went up. I would love to pray with you a, a prayer of salvation. I'd love to lead you in the, in the next step of your life. But you've got to do one more thing. Come pray with me. If you raised your hand, maybe you didn't raise your hand. Sometimes that devil's holding our hand down. doesn't want us to lift it up. You know the devil doesn't want you to change. I want you to know something. As much as God loves you, the devil hates you. 
hates you, does not want you to change. Amen? Does not want you to give your life to the Lord. How many more? You raise your hand. Come on down. You can look this way. You don't have to look at them. All right, come on up. You're the reason we're here today. You're the reason we're here. Amen? How many more? See, this, this is, hey, I want everybody to know. That's the way it's supposed to be. I want everybody to know. When Jesus died on the cross, he did it publicly. In front of everybody, naked, beaten, and ashamed for you. And, and he died on the cross for, just for you, just for me, just for them. All these people. How many in here have done what he just did? Raise your hand if you've done what he just did. They've all done it on a different service. They've come forward and given their life. How many more need to still come? How many more? Just step out. You raise your hand. You know you need to come. Just step out. Amen? There may be some people watching online. Say this with me. Lord Jesus, I am a sinner. I need a Savior. I make mistakes. I fail. But you came, Jesus, from heaven to take my place, to forgive me, to wash me clean, to change my life, to give me peace and joy and hope and an expected end. I believe you went to the cross, and on that cross you died for me. You shed your blood as a sacrifice, pleasing to God. And then you went into that grave and you died a death so I wouldn't have to die. And then you came out of that grave so I could live forever and have eternal life. I believe that. I accept that. Change me today. Make me a new person. And please write my name in the Lamb's Book of Life. In Jesus' name, amen. Thanks again for listening. If you want to hear more messages, please subscribe to our podcast channel. And if you like it, consider rating it and sharing it with your friends. For more content from VWO Denton, go to our website at vwotexas.com.